right, welcome. It's uh, Monday night, and here we are on the journey once again. I'm just checking here to uh, make sure that I'm sharing. Remember, sharing is a good idea. This is what gets it out to different people to be able to encourage them and also stretch people into thinking, which is a really good thing to be able to question and look at things and decipher what's what, you know? Uh, beautiful. Oh, one more. Say it one more time. So again, I just encourage everybody to share, to get it out there. This is the way we uh, overcome algorithms. We're able to get it out there and share in different uh, streams. And different groups of people are able to check this out. <clears throat> Tonight we're going to be talking about the, uh, the dance of the divine called oneness. Bringing us into sacred unity. And what is that? And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And more from a, um, a teaching aspect. Because um, you can see tonight that uh, it's the time of awakening. That's what's going on on the planet. Is greater light is shining. And there is an awakening going on for those that are questioning. For those that are seeking truth, remember Yeshua said that we would receive the Spirit and he would lead us into all truth. And so if you want to hold him to his word, in other words, believe him, um, because he's going to do it since that's who he is. But it's up to us to uh, become childlike and pursue the truth. And if we do, he's a person. He will awaken us to what's really going on, where we are, and what's going on. So, it's the time of awakening, and you can see that tonight I'm uh, on this myself. Susie's not here tonight, um, but uh, Mr. Time and myself, we're here. So, without any further ado, I just want to encourage you that we are on... Um, all different platforms, as I've said before. We're on Podomatic. We're on uh, Amazon Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Of course, YouTube is the video, um, Spotify, and also on Facebook and uh, on our page, The Journey. And so you can watch video or you can listen to the audio, whichever you please, and... Um, I will show you where we can be found is www.youtube.com forward slash capital G Grace and capital T Truth, capital J, capital B Brown. That's the site on YouTube, and there's a whole catalog of things there you can uh, watch. And um, if anybody has any questions, they're able to go to our website, which is... www.hcm-stratford.org or stratford.com and it will take you to this site and um, there's a place there that you can email me if you have any questions. If you're not on here, um, um, 
in the comment section tonight. So there's those that will be on now, and then there's those that will come on post. And uh, those that come later are able to go on and the website and can email me if you want. Um, also, on the website, when you go there, there's a donate button that goes through PayPal to help support what we're doing here. Because um, obviously, it costs to do airtime, it costs for all these things. And so I just encourage you, if you want to support, if you're encouraged and want to support this ministry, um, that you will go there and it's a safe, secure place where you can donate. And it's tax uh, deductible. You get a tax receipt at the end of the year. So there we go. All right. So let me go to comments. <laughs> yes, we have snow, Ed, in this part of the world, don't we? What are you going to do? They they say always that the first one never stays. So uh, at this point, I can't drive my car, but probably within a couple of days, I'll be driving it again. So before I put it away for the winter. So it's where we live. All right. So welcome everybody that comes on tonight and those that will come post afterwards we uh, welcome you here as well so tonight as i said i want to talk about the divine the dance of the divine oneness and you know there's this quote that goes like this it says when the student is ready the teacher will appear and this is the journey up Jacob's Ladder. It really is. It's been that way for me for many years without even knowing what was going on. Because in the early days, somebody would give me a book and say, hey, you got to read this, you got to read this. And I get the book and I kind of look at it. And if I wasn't moved at all, I'd just set it down on the, you know, the nightstand. And I wouldn't think much about it. And then all of a sudden one day, let's say a month later, six months later, sometimes a year later, all of a sudden, I would uh, feel compelled to pick it up. And when I pick it up, the thing would just come alive to me. And I'd read the whole book and wonder why I hadn't read it six months earlier. It's because it wasn't the time yet. I wasn't going to receive what was in the book because it's God, the Holy Spirit, that teaches us. And what he does is he takes us up Jacob's ladder from glory to glory to glory. To bring truth to us because there's in stages sometimes there's no way you would ever receive it or believe it for many reasons so I love that quote it's been very true in my life when the student is ready the teacher will appear it's like all of a sudden a book uh, a video uh, something will come into my hands if it's not coming through dreams. Um, but he'll prepare me for it, and then all of a sudden, bang, it just hits me, and it begins to change my world. I begin to see things perceptionally from a whole different vantage point. And so I just want to encourage you, all of us know this journey because we're all on it. Where we stay is up to us if we're pursuing uh, freedom. It's for freedom Christ set us free, but freedom is different than free. It's a journey, and that's what we're on. So, in Aramaic, the name Alaha 
referred to the divine. It's wherever you read the word God in English translations. In a quote from Yeshua, you can insert the word. It means variously sacred unity, oneness, the all, the ultimate power, potential, the one with no opposite. That's what he was saying. He wasn't using the German word good, which we think that's what God means, but he was using the word sacred unity that we might climb up into a greater truth, but it was removed. But that's what it means. So that which is finite cannot be many. Or sorry, that which is infinite cannot be many. For manyness is a finite concept. To have infinity, you must identify or define that infinity is unity. Otherwise, the term doesn't have any reference meaning. An infinite creator, there's only unity, only oneness. Remember what Jesus said? He goes, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and we're one. We're one. That's sacred unity. That's God. Love is the highest road that comes through the heart. That is why the way of light into sacred unity. So light comes through the heart to bring you into this place called sacred unity. It's the highest road and it's love. Love is the highest frequency. It's where God is, it's who God is. Love, unconditional love. That's where he's calling us, up into himself. In Psalm 84, starting at verse five, there's an amazing uh, thing David says. He goes, blessed and greatly favored is the man whose strength is in you, in the Creator. Are you ready? In whose heart are the highways to Zion? So God's strength is in us. He's telling us our heart is the highway to Zion. So we pass through the valley of Baca, it says, and Baca means weeping, barren, or dry land, which is where all of us are here in this world. We're passing through Baca, this weeping, barren, dry land. We make, a pl- we make this place a place of springs. That means there is an awakenings going on and springs of life, of water, springing up all over the place. That's our purpose. That's what we're to come to do, is bring a spring, to be a river out of your innermost being. Rivers of living water would flow. It says, they make it springs. The early rain covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. This is up Jacob's ladder, glory to glory. Each of them appears before God in Zion. So where is Zion? Zion is within your heart. The highway to Zion is in you. It's within your heart. It's the place 
where love will bring you in to sacred unity. So Jesus said, God in Aramaic, he said sacred unity. Once we understand that, we'll understand what it means, what he's doing, and where he's taking us, and what's going on. We've always been taught to look up somewhere to a place called heaven. When all the time heaven's within you, it's within. That's why all the mystics spoke about the, you know, Madame Guion, the inner castle. Um, it was about a journey in, in through the heart, before the face of God. When you begin to see this, you'll understand that God is within you. He always has been. The veil is what's causing you to not see it or feel it or understand it. And so you can be taught anything. But once you believe that Christ is in you, then all of a sudden you begin to experience it. And it's not at a distance. It's close as your breath. Close as your breath. So, Christ is the mystic secret of God. And in the end, it says, Christ is in all, is all. All things are summed up in Christ Jesus. So there you have it. Christ is in all. He is all. All summed up in sacred unity in the Creator as one with Him. This is what He came, this was His message to us. Now, I will not achieve that uninterrupted state of being until there are no other distractions in my life, until the knowledge and glory of God. Now, listen, remember what glory is? The last time I spoke, uh, two weeks ago, I said, glory, the meaning of the word glory, is discover my light. Light is the life of man. So the revelation has to come through our hearts, and it carries us up into the Father. It's a ladder. So the knowledge and the glory, the discover my light, that's the revelation, that's Yeshua. He's without any earthly interference. Then I have yet to be clothed, fully clothed, with the eternal state. This is what he's calling us into. This is the purpose. He was transfigured where? On a mountain. Why a mountain? Because he went up, again, ascended, like Moses going up the mountain, like Jacob's ladder, the staircase to heaven. It's all symbol, symbol, uh, symbology, pictures of a truth that we must do. So let's look at the word for a minute, what mystic means. Mystic is a person who seeks by contemplation and self-surrender to obtain unity with or absorption into the deity or the absolute, the creator, or who believes in the spiritual apprehension of truths that are beyond the intellect. You see, they're beyond our understanding, beyond the mind of man. They bring you into that experience. This was written by the, through the poetry of a 16th century Spanish mystic called St. John of the Cross. He was speaking about what does mystic mean? It means sacred unity. 
seeking through contemplation, be still and know that I'm God, surrendering our mental projections of what we think we are and where we are to come into that unity with the Father. That's what this is. So the beginning of questioning is not seeing in the light. It's only realizing that there is a light. Awakening in the darkness to seek the light. A lot of people think as soon as they begin to question, they start to, that they see. But they don't realize there's still this whole thing that's got to go on within them. So the journey begins of letting go of darkness or blindness, becoming neutral, not getting caught up on one side or the other side of the illusion, and ascending in the light, in Yeshua, the Word of God, as we become Christ conscious, which is, remember, the water above the firmament in Genesis, or the greater light that is of the day, not the lesser of the night, seen in the sun and the moon in the uh, uh, Genesis story. Because the moon only reflects or is a shadow of a greater light. Like the moon reflects the sunlight. So here, in the natural mind of man on the earth, is a shadow. It's a reflection of a greater light that's right here. If you have eyes to see, Jesus said, and ears to hear what the Spirit's saying, that's the water above the firmament, above the veil, consciousness of Christ, instead of carnal consciousness of man, where we create religions, forms, not experience with the person, intimate experience with the person. So the sun is a picture of the greater light, and what would we have here in the lesser light, like the moon? Well, we have stuff such as the physical Bible. That would be a lesser light. Now, the great light could shine and reflect on it to you. You've heard it probably many times quickened to you. But it is a lesser light. It's not Yeshua. Believe it or not, he said, Whoa, you search the scriptures thinking in them that you will find life and you don't understand. That was to point you to me. So we see the reflection on the moon. That's not the moon's light. That's the sun. So I'm better to look to the sun. So in this case, I need to look to the sun. It's all to bring me to him, into the awakening, into the experience of the kiss. Song of Solomon. That's what this is all about. Shoo, the glory of the love of God. Now one day, Jesus is walking with his disciples. And it's in the book of uh, the Gospel of Thomas, Logging 22. And Yeshua says this. He saw some infants being nursed at the breast. He said to his disciples, These nursing infants are like those who enter the kingdom. The disciples asked him, Then shall we become as infants to enter the kingdom? Yeshua answered them, When you make the two into one, when you make the inner like the outer, the high like the low, when you make male and female into single one, so that the male is not male and the female is not female, when you have eyes in your eyes, hand in your hand, a foot in your foot, and an icon in your icon, then 
you will enter into the kingdom. Now, this can sound like a bunch of bizarre things he's saying that don't make sense, and yet they make perfect sense. Because what he's talking about, like Paul the Apostle, when Paul the Apostle in Corinthians is talking about uh, a marriage, he was never talking about a marriage on earth like a, between a, a man and a woman as we use it in weddings, including me. It's not what he was talking about at all. He was talking about what Jesus is talking about right here. He was talking about feminine and masculine becoming one within us. Not a man and a woman. A marriage. This is what the marriage is about in the book of Revelations. It's not about what we think. It's about sacred unity. And what is the marriage of the masculine and the feminine Feminine, if it is not your spirit with your soul becoming married as one flesh. And two become one flesh. See it? One body. But until that happens, I live with only words about a spirit, not actually letting my spirit take control and become one with my soul, so that my soul then is the married to my spirit, and they become one. And I flow then in sacred unity in the Creator. That's what that's about. Until it says, I have eyes in your eyes. Oh, the eyes of your spirit looking through your physical eyes. A hand in your hand. That means the things I do now are by the Spirit, not just by my own mind of what I think I should do. And my foot in your foot is that all of a sudden, wherever I go, I'm walking now completely by the Spirit. Because it's my Spirit, I'm one now with God, and I know what it means. And then when he says, an icon in your icon, that means now you become as Jesus did. Jesus was sent, he was an icon, meaning a very picture of, of Philip. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He was the very representative of the Creator on earth. That's what we're to be. That's what he's saying. You'll enter the kingdom now. So now I want to take this into uh, an experience I had and then break it down a little bit in light of sacred unity and this dance between the divine and the human. So, the, the experience I had, and I won't go into it all, in the, what he said and things, but I'll tell you what happened. Because what happened to me is the same thing that happened to Ezekiel on the river Chabar. He was on the river, and same as him, but I walked into a room, and the veil was completely removed. I was 23 years old at the time. It completely removed. And I looked up in front of me. There's no wall now in the room. It's gone. And all I see is the wheel within a wheel on the left and the right, and a bright, bright light above them started speaking to me. 
Now, every time that the wheels would turn, they would turn and go, it felt like thousands of volts of power going through the top of my head and out my feet, just surging, whoosh, whoosh. And every time it did, I just felt this ecstasy of God's love. I call it the liquid love of God. In me, through me, all around me. I knew at that moment I came from God and I would return to him. I knew that he was my father. And as uh, I was in the midst of this, the bright light, God began to speak to me and, and quicken things telepathically, telepathically. He's quickening things that have happened in my life right on up to this moment. I, I had all these questions. Seriously, he was just answering them. Bang, 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 bang. All I could do is stand there and go, man, I don't believe it. You're real. He was more real than you and I are right now. More real than this cup in my hand, me holding it. He is life itself. Now, what I didn't know, um, and oh, by the way, every time they'd revolve, I'd see this amber, uh, golden light uh, coming from it, and also an emerald green light that was coming off of it. So it was just like surging, and these lights were coming off of it, and God was speaking to me. And it wasn't until later when I was reading the scripture, and those were the early days, uh, that was 78, late January 1978, it wasn't until later that I realized um, this was the very same experience that Ezekiel had on the River Chabar. But it wasn't until later that I realized that also he was revealing to me an allegorical picture of a great truth. Not just a physical thing, like I'd literally say, oh, that's what, those are the cherubs, and that was God. But God wanted me to understand something. But it was going to take me 45 years to get to a place like the children of Israel, crossing the wilderness. It was going to take me time to be able to um, go through the valleys and the turns of religion to come to a place that I'd be open to know what he was talking about. So I always called it uh, in the first days of the renewal, when the, when the renewal, um, the awakening, pardon me, whew, was hitting me, which was in 2010, 2011, that um, it was in that time I began to say that I was going back to my future. I began to realize that what happened to me there, I was seeing my future, that this is what I was called to. This is what all are called to, but few choose. Going back to my future. So let's look at Ezekiel for a moment, and then I'll tell you what I mean. In Ezekiel 1.4, he says, I looked and behold a whirlwind came out of the north. Why the north? From above. It came from above. A great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof there was this color of amber, which was a golden 
yellow like the sun, out of the midst of the fire. Fire because it was power. Like I said, I felt like there was thousands of volts going through me, like I could literally lift, reach out and lift up and pick up a house. Power, like I've never felt ever, was surging through my body. Ezekiel 1.16, the appearance of the wheels and their work was like the color of beryl. And beryl was a vibrant green or emerald. And they four had one likeness. And their appearance and their work was as if it was a wheel in the middle of a wheel. They turned not when they went. So they didn't have to turn. They just moved with the Spirit. It says, this act of obedient submission begins with us as a wheel, and then it'll expand outwardly from us, a wheel within a wheel, until it fills the whole earth. That's what God is up to. <clears throat> this was known by uh, mystic rabbis as the Merkabah or the moving throne of God, the moving throne of God called the Merkaba. Ancient Jewish mystics used it as a point of intention when in meditation or pondering the things of the Lord. After the Ezekiel thing, this is what they did. They would zero in in meditation or ponderings, and they would look, fix their eyes on this, and then the throne of God would appear to them and begin to speak to them. And this is what was happening to me. This is what happened to Ezekiel. Next, we realize um, Ezekiel's vision was on the river Chabar. Chabar means binding together, joining, or braiding, like braiding a rope together. Strength. I felt that strength in me. Now let's look, a current or a river talks about thought, just like Yeshua was speaking to me, it was just flowing in me. It was a river, which strengthens your thoughts or your spiritual thoughts of the man, that's what Jew means in this, that have been reaching out for spiritual truth but have become, are you ready, entangled in psychic forces, that's what the Chaldean means and have fallen into a sense, five sense confusion, that's Babylon, living from the outside in instead of the inside out. Spiritual revelation also comes to them here and tends to unify them by joining them with the one true source of all inspiration and strength and all true greatness and abundance which is the living spirit, the creator, the father. That's what that was all about. There's picture language. Remember the rabbinic understanding, literal hint. Then comes the allegorical, what I'm doing right here. Then comes math. And so, which is called the mystery or the hidden things of God. So, the whole river Chabar and Ezekiel standing by there 
and the mobile throne of God and the wheel within the wheel is a symbology. It's a story telling you how you have to get out of the um, Babylon, which is the five sense world, the carnal mind of man, and, and the whole thing of the psychic forces that keep us bound in this, and then how we come up out of it by becoming a wheel within a wheel, sacred unity. I mean, <laughs> it's powerful. Okay, Isaiah 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. Same thing. It's talking about being caught up in the spirit with eyes to see. Eagles can see a long distance. It's not about the prophetic. It's about seeing in the spirit completely. Wide, eyes wide open. Eyes within the eyes, Jesus said in the Gospel of Thomas. They will run and not grow weary, and they will shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they're now walking by the power and the source of eternal life, the Creator Himself. So, Ezekiel 1, 20-21, wherever the Spirit was to go, they went. There was their Spirit to go. When those went, these went. And when they stood, they stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up opposite them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. We move with him like a dance. He moves, we move. To the left, to the right, forward, backward, ascend up into the heavenly realms. This is what this is all about. A wheel within a wheel is a picture Revelation 1.7 says, the wheel is the Lord. He's the head. Coming in his glory. What was glory? Discovered light. Manifesting himself through the wheel. That is within this wheel, you and I. Our lives within his life. To accomplish his visitation in which multitudes will be awakened and the kingdom established. As a result, every eye shall see him within his body. There's only one new man. Jesus being the head of the body, Christ, which is the multi-membered body. 2 Thessalonians 1.10 says, When he shall come to what? Be glorified in his saints. Wow. Glorified in his saints. Think on that for a second. He will be glorified. Discover my light. The knowledge of the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. To be unveiled, to understand what it means to be a wheel within a wheel, what it means to move in the spirit world, and to know what it is to be one with the Creator. We've sent, spent so much time and energy conforming into a form and man's mind and traditions of men. Shoo! 
It's time. The awakening is happening. It's time. The wheels, the wheel in the middle of a wheel, and trust me, I experienced it, and the power of God coming through it was immense. And the love of God, liquid love of God, my gosh, I knew that he was my father, the source of everything that I am. I wouldn't be here. Except him. I am his idea. The wheel in the middle of, of a wheel speaks of the Lord's sovereignty coming into our lives through divine intervention to move through us to accomplish his purposes. This transcends any faith or ability that we may have because this is a very high calling a commitment and purity of life. Remember, I've spoke about purity before. Purity is no mixture, no leaven of the Pharisees. It's got to go. It doesn't mean you trying to be good. It's not about a purity ring. <laughs> Seriously. It's about no leaven of the Pharisees. You got to get it out. You got to quit turning to that, and you got to renew your mind metanoia to him that's what purity is so it talks about a commitment and purity of life is required that is beyond which is required of others many are not willing to do this it wasn't i always used to say and i still say i did not choose the journey the journey chose me this isn't about me it isn't about any of us choosing something. It's about submitting to something. Submitting to love himself. Not to the dog's breakfast. You know what I mean? <laughs> not over um, picking a side in the illusion. They're both wrong. It's about following the Lord. As for me and my house, remember, we shall serve the Lord. It means choosing to let the light lead you out of the dark. And then what happens? Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Ah, discover my light. Revelations coming on us. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people. It's not evil. It's blindness. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you, and the Gentiles will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. That's because revelation light will pierce into you to the point where people will see it. A wheel within a wheel. Ezekiel one nineteen. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, up out of carnality, the wheels were lifted up. They were lifted with it. Now, I'll give you another picture of this, that this used to take place. 
back in the day when people would go to war. It'll give you a little bit of an understanding of this. From another slant, we'll just look at it from another angle. At that time, when you were uh, a soldier, and it was when they fought with swords and shields, and they rode horses, they didn't have cars, or tanks, <laughs> they would go into battle. And so prior to going into battle, they would train with a horse. They had to get to know each other so well that the horse needed to trust completely and then fully obey the rider. When they went to war, the rider had a shield in his hand to protect and a sword in his other to fight. When he wanted to go right or left, he would just nudge gently the horse with his knee and the horse would respond to his direction because of the love and trust the horse had developed with his master in training. What do you think we're doing? <laughs> we're in training, guys. We're learning to feel the nudge of the rider. <laughs> the wheel within the wheel. I'm a wheel within the greater wheel. Do you see? You're a wheel within a wheel. We're training. He's the rider. Picture language. Mm. He developed a trust and love for the master during the training. They had become so connected. It was like they were one being. Sacred unity. He would move. The horse would move. He didn't have to think about directing the horse. The horse didn't have a bit and bridle in its mouth. They went in as one. And he nudged it and it'd move. This is where we're going. You don't need three confirmations when you're walking in a place like this. This is the time, as we've been growing, that he's given us confirmations of things. And because we're, you're in the fog, man. We're in the fog. But he's awakening us. Just like I had that experience in that room. And the wall disappeared. And I got to stand on the river by the river Chabar. Just like Ezekiel seeing this thing. The Lord is preparing a corporate bride that is clothed with the Son, S-O-N, who, through direct personal revelation, will be caught up to have a part in the visitation that will come to mankind. The wheels were lifted up. These are are one and the same and are seen by Ezekiel as being the wheel within a wheel, which moved on its four sides. Remember? These four sides function in harmony and unity. One, as an overcomer. I'm being qualified by overcoming. Becoming, overcoming this earth. Two, as a bride, I'm totally submitted to the Lord. Remember Paul talking about that? It wasn't a marriage like we think. As a son, I enter into a corporate, a 
cooperative relationship with the Lord in the outworking of his purposes, I become an understanding as a son of God. And I work with him. As a man-child, I move in delegated authority. Since there is neither male nor female in the body of Christ, these are representative of types. They're types. Not an absolute, but a type. So you can see here that uh, these are all, again, pictures, symbolism, to tell us a greater depth truth. And as we give ourselves to these things, he tells us and shows us more and more and more, and we begin to come into a greater experience of the reality of this. Now, let's take a, a slight other angle to look at it through science. Let's talk for a second about quantum physics. One of the core principles of quantum physics is the idea that reality, which is the photons that produce the light, L-I-G-H-T, illusion we are in right now, exists in infinite possible states. It's in infinite possible states. But until we observe it and thus collapse all potential versions of reality into one single option that we've chosen to live inside. That's what's going on around. It's called wave to matter or particle. It comes in waveform and then it collapses into particle form, which is matter, everything you see. When it's in waveform, it has um, infinite possible uh, options until it collapses. <clears throat> this is why what you think and what you put your attention on is very important. And it's a working by God within you to mature you to walk in this truth. Romans 4, 17, information flowing from your future possibilities is waiting for you to observe. And what do you say? Call those things that are not as though they were. Call those things that are not as though they are. Then they collapse and they become quantum physics. But when we are reconciled and restored in relationship with God himself, our mind is renewed. This opens up the potential for us to access the eternal mind of God, called the mind of Christ. And, <coughs> and then, excuse me, our future reality can be realigned from an eternal, godly perspective. That's the intention of God is to bring us into his creative mind to bring about heaven on earth, heaven in the third dimension, to change things. At this point, union becomes reunion. We go back to the beginning. Remember, 
what Jesus said? The disciples are walking with him, and they say, can you tell us what the end will be? They're doing that today, right? On YouTube, the end of the world. Jesus said to them, oh, have you been to the beginning? If you've been to the beginning, then you know the end. Because the end is the beginning. Alpha and omega, alpha and omega, circular. The beginning, because we have still not been born. This planet in the third dimension is in the womb waiting to be created to the beginning of eternal existence. That's where we're going. <laughs> going through the birth canal, man. That's why there's a lot of pressures in what's going on. But God is on the throne. Not a chair, but complete authority. Complete authority. Why is it reunion? Because we always were one with him. We're being reunited with the truth. That's what's going on. And then we come forth at the beginning. First Corinthians. I'm almost done. First Corinthians thirteen twelve, And Young's literal translation says, For we see now through a mirror obscurely. Dimly, I think other translations say. But then face to face. Now I know in part, then I will fully know, what? As also I was known. You see? I'm already known. The spirit man's known. It's my soul, my mind, will, and emotions going through this thing, through this pregnancy, through the womb, then to be reunited, to be married once again, right? Brought into union, the sacred unity, one with the Creator, because my spirit and the Lord's spirit's one spirit, it says, come into that perfect union again, into the ecstasy of God, and then I will know myself, as I've been known by multitudes. It's me that didn't, doesn't know. It's you that doesn't know, because we're seeing through a mirror dimly or obscurely, but then face to face, who's looking in the mirror? You're looking at the mirror in the mirror at yourself. But you can't see who you are because of the veil. You think you are only from this realm, this world, trying to survive, living in illusions, divisions everywhere. The kingdom's not divided, Jesus said. So everywhere there's division. Um, whether it's war, whether it's denominational, that's not the kingdom. That's man-made. Because there's no division. You can't divide God. It's only in your mind that you're divided. That's why Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Why? <laughs> because he's one with you. That's Christ. You're Christ. You're one. You want to fight with yourself. I've never seen my hands fighting one another. I've never seen my fight, my feet attack one another. And yet we're doing it all around us all the time. 
You see the confusion that's going on here? The Babylonian confusion of division? That's what's happening. You will know <laughs> as you've been known. Aramaic, when you want to lay yourself open for the divine, this was an Aramaic understanding. You want to lay yourself open or, or set a trap to catch the divine. How's that? Like a snare that is hollowed out to its depth, like a canopy that projects a shadow from the divine heart, heat, sorry, and light into your soul. Then go into your inner place so that a story or symbol that reminds you of the sacred, that was for them, uh, Ezekiel's vision, right, that I told you about. Close the door of your awareness to the public person you think yourself to be. You got to shut that down. Who you've been told you are through your experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that have shaped who you think you are, right? Because who you think you are in the past will be who you will be in the future. It'll just loop like Groundhog Day until you realize you are not what's happened to you. You are God's son, neither male nor female. It's a position. It's a state of being. Hmm. Pray to the parent of creation with your inner sense. The outer senses turned within. Veiling yourself, the mystery may be unveiled through you. By opening yourself to the flow of the sacred, somewhere resounding in some inner form, the swell of the divine ocean can move through you. The breathing life of all reveals itself in the way you live your life. A wheel within a wheel. That's what God's bringing us to. A wheel within a wheel to move. It started with the presence, but still the presence was coming, we thought, from outside. You know, can you lay your hands on me, brother? I want to feel God. It's children. We understand this stuff right? It's part of the journey, but you got to grow up. I always say diaper looks cute on a three month, but on a 15 year old, not so cute. Hmm. Hey, got to grow up, mature. That's what it means to be a son is to mature. You're not a son until you're mature. You're a child, children of God, sons of God. The whole creation, the cosmos is waiting for the revealing of what? The children? No, the sons of God. Those that know the mystery and are walking in it, and their life is a wheel within a wheel, and it's going on. That's what God is doing right now in the awakening. That's what he's doing on the planet right now. But you're going to have to let go of what you know to follow who you know. Remember, we've known him a long, long, long time, millions and millions of years, if not billions. It's only the veil over you that makes you think you were born only through your mother's womb, right? <laughs> nope. 
this incredible thing that God is doing, the Creator, as we are being molded and shaped in our mother's womb called the earth. Uh, some call it Maya. It's the planet. She's the female. It's the earth. What's our mother doing for us? She's sustaining us with water, the light of the sun, food, as we're in the womb with her, you see, until we're born. To the beginning. The beginning. I end with this statement by Ken Carey. You are where your attention takes you. In fact, you are your attention. Think on that for a moment. You are your attention. Well, without it, where would you be and who are you? It's your conscious awareness. If your attention is fragmented, you're fragmented. But when your attention is in the past, you're in the past. That's where people are living. When your attention is in the present, remember God said to me, my presence is me in the present. The presence was to lead me to him. It was the beginning. Like I said, it was the smell of coffee. It wasn't the coffee. It's to get me to him, to him. And then like St. John of the Cross, it says, I drank from the father's breast. As a child, I began to drink the milk that he was serving and then the meat of the word to bring me and mature me and strengthen me to become a son. When your attention is in the present, right now, right now, here we are. Right now, we're in the present. The past isn't, is gone. The future hasn't happened here. We're right now, we're right here, in the present, in the presence of the Creator, the Father, who's in me, who's in you. And we're one. One spirit with him, with God. Jesus came to reveal the Father and establish Jacob's ladder himself, John 151, to bring us back home, to bring us back into the light, to discover the light and come into him. So he says, when your attention is in the present moment, you are in the presence of God, and God is present in you. God is present in you. It's amazing, man. Simply amazing. So lots to ponder upon, <laughs> digest, uh, seek a matter out, search it out. See if there be anything true in this. This is my experience. All I can do is share with you my experience and challenge you to search it out, not to follow me, to search it out for yourself, to see if this be so, and then to walk with the Creator, your Father, the Creator of all things, that you live and move and have your being in Him right now. That's where you are. You can't escape that. Only in your mind, have you? But it's the reality of it is still there. 
it's like uh, the word spirit, Jesus never used, but he used the word um, breath or wind. So what are we all breathing right now? Spirit. Life. It's life. That's God. All is in him. All is in Christ. For Christ, through Christ, by Christ. Yeshua being the head. And us, we are the body. One new man. That's who we are. It's all a great understanding of a great revelation by God. And we're still uh, only using words here and telling it. But he was the, uh, remember, the nameless one? Because you can't name something that's that great and unknown to the natural mind. So that's why they said that. Not because his name was too good to say. It's that as soon as you called him something, you've just created a box for him to be in, for your mind. <laughs> you can't do that. How do you take somebody that's omnipresent in the universe? That means the whole universe is inside him. Someone that's all-knowing, so he never has a second thought. He already knows. <laughs> right? He's all-powerful, omniscient, all-powerful. There is no other power outside of him. There's no war going on, by the way, in him. If it's going on, it's in our minds. Because if all things are in Christ, think about it for a second. A wheel within a wheel. If anyone has any questions, I'll take a second. Otherwise, I think we're uh, pretty much there for this evening. The... <clears throat> The dance of the divine. The wheel within the wheel. The dance of the divine. To be one, the oneness, the sacred unity of knowing that I am in Christ and Christ is in me and we are one. Make them one, Father, even as we are one. See? That's where we're going. If we quit fighting and debating you don't we don't have to agree but we have to walk in unity it doesn't make any sense that God would be fighting with himself that's just our perceptions we wrestle with our own perceptions and then we want people to take take sides with us that's for another day <laughs> bless you guys Thanks for coming on tonight, and uh, we'll see you soon.